Amen. That's actually a big part of our service today is recognizing people who serve and talking about how we're called to serve one another. And, and Ruth Ann and, and Joel, she took that over for us and very, very faithful. And so I'm just thankful for her work. We were chatting about serving in, in different ministries. You know, sometimes if you've served a while, if you've ever served in a position for a long time, when that position ends and you say these things like, I will never serve again, right? If you've been around for a long time, you've said those words, and we almost always eat those words because, because when you're a servant, uh, you, you, f- you find service again, and that's what we're called to do, um, is, is to serve one another. This morning, we have a lot going on, and, and we're going we're gonna to do it all. I have a message this morning I think that the Lord has prepared for us to hear, but we're going to have communion at the end of service. We're going to spend time at the end of service to pray. Today is the national day of prayer for the victims of Hurricane Harvey. It was decreed just two days ago that Sunday would be a national day of prayer. And so we are doing that, and I'm, I'm thankful that we do have a president who will recognize that and, and call the nation to pray. Obviously, if you have any type of media at all, you've seen the pictures and the devastation that's happened in, in Texas and Louisiana. I saw a graphic that put the, the damage in the flood zone um, in Texas, and it put it over different parts of the United States. If you saw that, it was quite interesting. It takes up almost the entire state of Florida, and it would, if it was laid over California, it would go all the way from San Diego, just about Tijuana, way past Los Angeles, and the entire width of the state. Uh, it's a huge, huge area. We know at least 300,000 homes have pretty much been destroyed and damaged. And, and so we need to be praying for our, our family members, family of Christ, and the people in, in Texas. We're going to spend time at the end of service to do that. In fact, I'm going to preach a, a really long message in a really short amount of time today. So I'll probably just be throwing pages of notes away as we go. But, uh, but I wanted to get there because we're going to spend the last 15 to 20 minutes of the service praying and having communion together. If you're visiting this morning, welcome. This is a strange service, but I'm glad you're here because we're going to be the body of Christ here. We're going to pray for one another. Um, if you're visiting, I'm going to say this up front. I'll probably say it again later. Don't feel obligated to, to pray out loud when we pray, um, but we're going to try to get in little, even little groups right where you're sitting. The doors are locked, so don't bother trying to leave yet. <laughs> but we're going to pray for the peop- with the people that are right around us. We're going to spend time because there's a number of things happening that we're going to be talking about, and, and I'll just kind of hit them up front today. Uh, we're going to be sending off two really important and wonderful parts of the body of Christ. One of them is permanent, and the other is possibly permanent. Um, today, after church, Brian and Heather, uh, who's visiting with us this morning from Minnesota, she's a good friend of Brian, um, they are heading, you can wel- welcome Heather. She has a heart uh, for missions. I ha- I've gotten to know her really well through Brian, and saw her for the first time face-to-face 10 minutes ago. 
but she, from everything Brian said, she, she has a heart for ministry and mission. She just graduated as, as a nurse. She and Brian are heading down to Honduras for two months to work in an orphanage to use their skills. And both of them have a heart to be on the mission field full time and are looking for that place. So, so we're saying goodbye to Brian again. He, he may not come back to us other than just to visit, pack his stuff, and phew, head out again. And that's Brian. Today is Karen Cumberland's. I'm not going to look. Um, today is Karen Cumberland's last day in service with us. Um, she will be leaving this week to move up to Sparks, Nevada, to be with her home, with her family, with her daughter and grandchildren. And so we're going to miss them completely. And we don't have to say goodbye yet to Denny, but if you're on Facebook or any of those other social medias, you've seen her house is for sale. So um, if, if, if you want to help her leave, just buy her house. It's a nice, reasonable asking price. <laughs> it's a beautiful home, uh, um, but we don't have to say goodbye yet to Denny. But, but things are changing. Things change. Um, if, you, if you're new to the church, relatively new, you know, you go, this is the church, this is all you know, um, but we're growing. God is doing something really exciting in this place. With growth, we have people coming, but in, in any life of any family, people also leave. When they leave, holes get uh, opened, and they need to get filled again. And it's a constant thing in the body of Christ. We always need to care for one another. We've, um, Shan Breyer is, um, and again, I'm going to encourage everyone to, you know, if you're driving through Riverside, you know, if you're going anywhere close to La Sierra, which is right on the freeway, go see her. Spend 10 or 15 minutes with her. She would love a visit. Um, if you want to take her to lunch, you can do that as long as you call the day before and set it up, and you can actually spring her from the joint and <laughs> take her out to lunch. She would love to get out of there and have lunch, um, but a little visit, she would just absolutely, you know, it was great. Uh, Zach and I went and spent a couple hours with her this week. When she left, and she is, she's in hospice care. She's in palliative care, hospice care. Um, we don't know how much time God is going to give her um, to be with us, and she's not with us right now. Um, and she has served so faithfully. When she left, she left a hole in her life group. Praise God. Ginger, Reedy, and I know she's here. There she is. There, you know. she, she's hiding exactly behind Larry. Just so, I <laughs> so I couldn't quite see her. Um, she stepped in to lead her, her cell group, her life group. So that was great. Um, but also, you know, she, every, every week, Shan comes with Jim. Um, and they count the money. And so um, we've been pulling in counters. Well, Brian has been coming in being the second counter. We count the money with two people. Well, now Brian's leaving. And so, you know, we, we need somebody to help Jim come and count. But see, what happens, people, people uh, get sick, they move on, and things need to happen. This morning I want to talk about the body of Christ and body ministry. I wrote out a number of passages of Scripture, and I'm going to read them like they're all one passage, but they come from uh, Revelation, 2 Peter, 1 Corinthians, James, 2 Corinthians. But I'm going to read it like a, like a paragraph, all the Word of God if I can. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. 
We are God's workmanship, created in him to do good works, and therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for the Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. But each man has his own gift from God, and every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And with all that, we have this treasure in earthen vessels to show that the all-surpassing power is from God. And I don't know about you, but when I read the, the, the word of God like that, it gets me excited. I understand that I am, more, I am more than a conqueror, the Bible actually says, that he has given me gifts, that he has called me, and not just me, but all of us to be and to do and to serve in the body of Christ. Um, some of us probably don't believe that that applies to us. We know us better than everyone else. We don't believe that there is anything good in, in us. Some people believe that, that this is an earthen vessel with nothing good. Um, we all think that we're just a bunch of cracked pots. And if you think you're just a cracked pot that can't be used, please read Elise Vasquez's book about just a, being a cracked pot. Um, we are all pots and we're all cracked and we, we shine the glory of God. And he has chosen it that way. And so I get excited, and we should be excited. You know, we, last week we talked about it, I think it was last week, we're the, the children of God, we're the saints of God, the saints of God. When I was in Guatemala, we ran into a lot of Catholics, and uh, they really hold the saints in high reverence. And the Catholic Church has a whole way of becoming a saint, and you have to have verifiable miracles and all of that. And so I would love to get my Bible and show them and says, did you know that you're a saint? And they would be horrified that I would tell them that they're a saint. The Bible teaches us that we're saints. We're not a football team. We're saints. We're saints of God. And, and too often what the enemy wants us to believe, what our flesh wants us to believe, is that we're no good. We're not a saint. In fact, how many have said that in your life? Oh, I'm no saint. Liar. <laughs> You've been lying to people all these years. Because the Bible declares something about you that you don't believe sometimes. I have a hard time believing. You are a saint. You're a child of God. You're his own people, his special people. And some of us are more special than others. But we should be excited and begin to understand that this is a calling of God on us. And it, and it should be exciting. Now, for some of us, it, it, it can be very fearful. We, we might feel that there's a heaviness, but really it should be an excitement because the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, he has anointed you, he's called you, he's equipping you, his spirit is living inside of you, and he's got a plan for your life. And he wants to fulfill it in and through you. And no, you don't necessarily have to move to Honduras, but he has a plan for you to serve him. Um, here's some... some uh, other good news. He has a plan to reach the world through you and through me. When we, when we pray for the offering, often we say this, God, we want your kingdom to come and be established in this place, in this community, in this state, and throughout the world. It's a huge prayer. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. The kingdom of God is the kingdom that we're part of, that we live in. And he wants his kingdom to be expanded throughout the entire world. He wants all people to be saved. And he gives us the responsibility 
and the giftings and ability to do, to do that. And I tell you, we are all ministers of the gospel and can bring people to Christ. And that is really exciting. Every knee will bow someday. Every knee will bow. But do we want the knees to bow at the judgment when it's too late or before? You know, I want them to come to Jesus before. And that's, our, that's what God is calling us to do. It's all in this Word of God. And that's why I'm encouraging us to spend time in the Word of God, get to know the Word of God, um, search the Scriptures daily so that we can know the heart of God and know the will of God. He has a plan to use us, and it's not a plan to go to Bible college. You don't have to go to Bible college to be used by God. In fact, unfortunately, sometimes Bible college is what ruins a lot of good men and women for God. You don't need a degree to be used by God. In fact, if you looked at the disciples, really probably none of them would qualify to be a pastor in most churches today because none of them had a degree, none of them were learned, none of them were scholars. The fact that they were fishermen meant that they weren't good enough to become rabbis themselves. And they, they were older by, by the time, and they, they probably weren't that old, but they were older by the time Jesus found them. And if they were learned and scholarly, they would have been in the temple and probably been following a rabbi already. Some people say the only one who probably had all the, the, the character qualities to be a pastor because of his education and everything would have been Judas Iscariot. You know, he was really wise and shrewd. <sighs> So, so we're, we're a bunch of misfits. We're a bunch of people that God has a call on to reach the world. And, um, you know, the, part of the vision here at Christian Center is to help everyone we come in contact grow one step closer to Jesus. It's really simple. It's just a, an idea that everywhere we go, we can help everyone we come in contact with grow a little closer to Jesus, one step closer to Jesus, which just means that they grow, draw a little bit closer to him than they are now, that they know him more, that we become an example to them, whether we're at the store or with our family or in our neighborhoods, that everywhere we go, we're just helping people to see Jesus and draw closer to him. And he wants all people to draw closer to him. He says, if you'll draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. And so as we go out every day, I am going to get one, a sign on the back. I'm sure, I believe we had one years and years ago. It says, now entering the mission field. We're going to put it back on the back door. Because when we leave here, we're walking out into the mission field where we get to be a witness and a light. And that's where our work and our calling and ministry, uh, that's where part of it happens is out there and part of it happens here in the body of Christ. I'm still doing okay. Just have to remember to breathe. You know, the only way we can accomplish the, the next stage of, of God's calling, um, calling as individuals and as a body, is to realize Christ's plan for us and begin to step into it. And, and that's the thing. He doesn't force us. He doesn't force anyone, but he always calls us. What did he do with his disciples? Come, follow me. Come, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That's his call to us. He says, follow me. And, and that's what we want to do. We want to follow Jesus and get to know the plan he has for us. And the Bible is a great place to start because it's full of truth about you and me. And we have to first get over, says all the time, our stinking thinking. We don't think about ourselves correctly. We, we need to understand what God thinks of us. Um, and he believes that we're more than conquerors.
we're the head and we're not the tail. The, the Bible wants us to think soberly ab about ourselves, not think of us more highly, but not to think of us ourselves more lowly than we ought either. We are princes um, of, the king of, God, of, the, of the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? So, each and every one of us in this room has a ministry. We've said this before, so maybe you're understanding it. You have a ministry. You don't just have a place to serve. You know, you, you might say, well, no, I don't have a ministry. I just want to be a help. I don't want to have a ministry. I just want to be a help. We all have a ministry. The word ministry means service. We all have a service that we're supposed to offer. One of the services that we're supposed to offer, one of the ministries that we all have is the ministry of reconciliation. Corinthians says that each of us has been given the ministry of reconciliation. We're supposed to be helping reconcile the world to God. We're supposed to be helping reconcile the world to God. And you know, every month, most of us in here reconcile our checkbooks, right? You know, now you do it online. I, I mean, if you're good at online, reconciling is like this. Click, click, it's good, I'm done. I like that. I, if you're not doing online, you know, then, then you're missing out on how easy it is to reconcile as long as you're putting it in every month. But when you, you, know, you click a couple times, and it's, I do this, I do Quicken, and uh, Pastor Jeff and I have you know, traded secrets on how to make it work better over the years and find out the secrets. And every once in a while you click, you, know, you go to, to you know, online, you reconcile, and you click yes, you put in the date, and when you press go, the numbers don't match. Isn't that the horror right there, right? Or, you know, if you're doing it still on paper, you get down there and you go, bank says I have this, I says I have this, and now you have a problem. So what do you do? You try to figure out who's wrong, and you make those two numbers agree. Or you just do what some people do and say, well, it's within $20, I'll just never let my account get go below $20, and then I'll be safe. And you just put a new zero on there. You don't know where the bottom actually is, and so... Yeah, right. You know, I've, I've done that in the past. Reconciling. So we're supposed to reconcile people with God. They don't agree. People don't agree with God. And so what we, our job is, is to help reconcile people to God, helping them understand, okay, you have this saying, this, this amount in your life, and God says you have this amount. You guys got to figure this out until you agree. The problem is, since God is unchangeable, immutable, he doesn't get any, he doesn't make any errors we're wrong and he's right. So our, go our job is to help people understand that God loves them, has a plan for them, and reconcile them to God. So we all have a ministry. We all have a service in the church, um, in the world, in our families, and we want to uh, walk into those things, every one of us. Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 12 says this, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. In verse 27, which a little bit later says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. We are the body of Christ. And Colossians helps us remember that he is the head of the body, the church. You know, 1 Corinthians 12 goes into a lot about detail about how every part is important. And, you know, as far as I can tell, so far, all of the parts of my body are important too. So far, yeah, I haven't found any totally expendable pieces. You know, a few years ago, they began to think things like uh, tonsils were expendable and appendixes were expendable. They're actually beginning to say, we don't even understand exactly what they do, but we found that when you take them out, you're not working quite as good as you used to. And so even though medicine isn't, hasn't even figured it all out yet, they go, oh, that part of the body is important. 
as well. When, as, so we're all part of the body. Every part is important. And when one part is missing or one part is in pain, the whole body suffers. You guys know that I've, I, a while back my, my back was out and, and uh, don't know exactly what it was. I, I have a broken um, L3 um, vertebrae is broken. And so I've just had back problems occasionally. All, but every once in a while my back hurts and I can barely move any part of my body. How, how is that? That your back hurts and you can't move your, your, your leg. You know, how, how is it that when one part of your body is hurting, it affects the whole body? It's the way it works because we're all part of the same body. Same thing with the church, the body of Christ. We need all the parts of the body functioning, doing well. If I break my arm, we, we, we splint my arm. We're going to put it in a cast until it gets all healed up. And in fact, we take that part of the body and we usually attach it right real close to you. Make sure that it's real taken care of. That's the body of Christ, what it should be. If somebody in this, in this room and part of the body of Christ becomes broken, rather than cut it off and throw them away and say, go fix yourself out there, we should be saying, no, we're going to bind you up and we're going to keep you real close to the rest of the body because we need you to be working better. It's part of the ministry in the church is to look for the, the hurting and broken parts of the body and make sure that they're doing well. God gave us men wives because we would never go to the doctor. <laughs> Most men I know, when they get sick, when they get hurt, they're not the first ones to jump up and say, please take me to the doctor, I have a cough. And, and some of you ladies are the same way, but thank God for our wives who make us go because that's a ministry in the body to make sure that we're doing well. In 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about part of the gifts of, of the Bible. We're not going to go into that, but if you want to read about gifts, go into 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and read. Um, it, it gives a, it's not a comprehensive list, but it's a list of some of the gifts that is given. And what's important is you go there, and I just want to hit this before I move on, is that in that list, every time it talks about a gift, it says, by the Spirit. All the gifts that we have, all the gifts that you walk in are all given by God. They're not something that we make up. It's given by God. And he wants us to use our God-given gifts. And so because of time, I don't, I'm not going to get in there. We're going to talk a lot more about that in our, our second steps class, which I'm uh, looking at October or November for that. We'll get the date soon. Um, but we'll start talking about maturity and looking into ministry in our steps classes. So I want to move on though so and talk a little bit about how we are here in church and, and 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 find out why we do things the way we do so we can get released a little bit more up until the fourth century the new testament church was largely small up into about fourth fourth century people were meeting in small groups small areas their house to house and it wasn't until constantine came and he began to set up a model of church like we know it and still today we're doing it. And there is a, it's not necessarily wrong, but it teaches us a lot of wrong principles about the church. The way we do church, just like we're doing this morning, is there's a whole bunch of people who sit out there, and they look at what's happening up here, and they like it or they don't. If they like it, they come back and they tell other people. If they don't, they go to another church where there's somebody up front, and they like better how they speak or what they do, and so they attend that church. And that's a model that we have, and it's, it's getting bigger and bigger. In fact, mega churches 
are on the uptick and not only are there mega churches now they have satellite churches that you don't even go to the building where you like the pastor it's not big enough to hold everyone so you go across town and you sit in a building and look at a screen where the speaker is now on the screen and that's church can we learn in that environment? Sure, you can get taught. You can have a, uh, you know, there's, a, there's some value in that. But what we've lost in that same process is what Christ wanted us to live in and the disciples experienced. And that's body ministry, one-on-one -on -one ministry. That's why we encourage people to be in life groups. That's why we need to start a few more life groups uh, right now because we, we don't, we, not everyone's in, able to be in a life group. We don't have enough groups right now. Um, is because God intended us to minister to one another. The Bible says, we talked about this a while back, um, that, that God gave, first, you gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to do everything in the church so everyone else could relax and enjoy church. And it says, no, he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints. Oh, that's us. That's us all of us for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry so so my job and jobs of, of those who God has maybe gifted in a different way in a, in a in a way that's different than maybe some of your gifting as maybe an apostle or prophet or evangelist past teacher is to help you be equipped for the work of ministry ministry service is for the whole body not for a select few every member doing their part um, we, we saw that even, even in the Reformation, Luther tried to get, you know, I mean, he rebelled against what the Catholic Church was doing, and, you know, that's where the Lutheran Church comes from, the Reformation with Martin Luther. And uh, he, he tried to, he understood this, in fact, this is what he says. He says, those who want to be Christians in earnest and who profess the gospel with hand and mouth should sign their names and meet alone in a house somewhere to pray, to read, to baptize, to receive the sacrament, and to do other Christian works. He saw, that, he saw it already happening so much that there was a, a setup for the ministry to look like this, and that other people, in fact, they were taught that. They, that people were taught that for hundreds and hundreds of years, that you're not qualified. That's why they did the, the services in Latin. The Bible wasn't even written in a language people could understand, so that it separated the teachers, the pastors, the priests, from the common people. And so they, so they would go, and then they would even do the services in a language that was not a common language. So it's been something been happening for thousands of years, and what we want to do is we want to make sure everyone understands that it's all of our part to to do the ministry. Wow. A big part of what I want to happen today is that each of us would know that we're part of a body of the body of Christ. And each of us would know that God has gifted every one of us and called us to be ministers, to serve one another. Today, I want you to know that God is serving you notice and he's serving me notice that you are a gifted and valuable asset and part of the body of Christ. There's no unneeded appendixes and no unneeded tonsils. We need everyone in the body to be doing what God has called them to do, to be activated. Not because of you, not because of your abilities, not, definitely not for your ego, but 
but to fulfill the call of God and to fulfill what he wants for his church. We believe in this church that every believer has giftings. Every believer is a, is a potential leader, uh, and everyone leads and influences other people. Every one of us in here are influencers of people. And we want to use that to bring the kingdom of God in. I'm going to put up on our website, David's not here, we're going to put up on our website, um, and, and I'll put it up on our Facebook group page uh, in a couple places, but it's just a, uh, it'll be a PDF of page of one another scriptures. The Bible is full of one another scriptures. I'm going to read a few. Full, full of what we're supposed to do with and to and for one another. Romans 15 um, says that we're supposed to instruct one another. Colossians 3.16 says that Christ, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. 1 Thessalonians 5 says we're supposed to encourage and build one another up. Hebrews 3.13 again says we're supposed to encourage one another as long as it's called today. Um, Hebrews 10 says that we're supposed to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Spur them on. We, we, we live in a time where often we just want to, we feel like we're supposed to sit back and just let everyone do what they're supposed to do. We don't want to interfere with them. It's not my place to judge. It's not my place to do that. We're just going to, you know, if they catch on fire, we'll put them out. But we're actually called to spur one another on, to challenge each other, to encourage one another. Did you know we're actually called to confess your trespasses to one another, not to the priest? It's to one another. Here we, we go. And the mo the, the, there's a reason for that. The moment we confess our sins, it's out in the open, and the devil loses a lot of power over us when we actually find somebody and confess our faults to or our worries and our fears. It gets out in the open. The enemy loves secrecy. The enemy loves secrecy. We're supposed to do that. We're supposed to live in harmony with one another. Last week's message, a big part of the understanding of, 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 of that is that we would live in harmony, that we would love one another, that we'd be some sympathetic and be compassionate, that we would not spend our times being divisive, but we would draw people together. That's why I talked a little bit about leaving the political rhetoric out of the of the conversation more and bringing the love of Jesus in more reaching out to people there is plenty of people who are divisive enough for all of us so we don't have to add to that one another he wants us to minister to one another we at Christian Center a small part of his body here in Big Bear we represent a small part of his body there's about 30 churches here in the valley and we're just a small part but we want to be activated in being part of his plan for us as a church, for us in our community, for us in the world. Even though we're small, we affect people all around the world. And you don't even know how much your influence means to other people. Real quick, I want to talk about kind of two forms of, of uh, influence in ministry. It's, it's passive and active passive and active every day we passively minister to people we passively have opportunities it's it, we don't think about it it's just in a natural conversation whether we're encouraging uplifting maybe we talk to somebody at the store and just are nice and we're just all day long we have a passive ministry and then there's an active ministry that we th purposely think about how we might serve somebody we we call somebody up say can I give you a ride I know you need to go to the doctors I'll give you a ride and there's active and passive and we want to be thinking both ways how is my passive ministry and how's my active ministry um, 
we're going to have to get into that more, and that will also be in, in, in the steps class. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But just those things, plant those in your heart. Am I passively bringing people closer to Jesus, or am I passively people bringing people further away from Jesus? And how am I actively serving my community and my church as well? Every week I see the body activated in this church. Every week. It's just awesome. I hear people get, who go and pick someone up and take them down to doctor's appointments, go help them move things, move cars, mow a lawn, paint something. Just, it just happens all the time, and I love to see the body activated. You know what I love more than anything is when I find out there was a crisis in the church that I don't find out about until a couple days after it's resolved because the people in the church have rushed in and, and met the need so quickly that it happened without me ever having to hear about it. I just love that. Not, not because I don't want to be involved, but because it means that people aren't, they don't need to be told to love one another. They're activated in the body. I'm going to do this real quick and we're going to some prayer. I, I do want to let, let us know that there's a lot of opportunity as well as serving the body and one another out there. There's a lot of things that happen inside of the church that you can also be involved in. And we're not going to spend much time this morning on this, but um, there's a ton of stuff that happens on a regular basis in here. We have baby toddler nurseries happening every Sunday morning in a kid's zone. We have um, youth and uh, junior high ministry that happen on a Sunday morning and on Tuesday nights. There's maintenance things that, that need to happen. Some people go, I don't like to work with people. People don't like to work with me. But there's other things. There's hospitality ministry. There's maintenance. There's visitation. There are people that need to be visited. There's life groups that need leaders, that need people to host the home, that need people to just love on one another. There should be ha prayer happening. There's intercessory prayer and a prayer chain that you can be involved in. There's ushers and there's greeters. There's people who count um, the, the offerings. There's sound and tech ministries to be involved with. If you have any uh, understanding of technology, we'd love to do that. There's people who clean the church. Um, there's a food bank that we're connected with. The pr uh, prayer chain already said that. There's office clerical. There's so many ways that you can serve the body here as well as out uh, in your day-to-day -day lives. So I want to encourage us as we're thinking, even this week, I didn't realize that today was the National Day of Prayer. I've been praying for Houston, but until last night, I just found out last night, and I'm glad I did. And I thought, well, okay, Lord, we had a plan, but you know, we're going we're to pray for the people in Houston. We're also going to do communion. Now, how, God, how does all this fit? We want to say goodbye to Karen, say goodbye to Brian. We want to, and now we're going to pray for, for Houston as a body. We're going to have communion. We're going to try to have a message. And I think all these things were important. And I realized they're all the same message. See, we're going to activate the body right now to pray. It's one of the things we do. We're going to pray for the people in, in, in uh, Houston and in Texas and uh, Louisiana. And that's part of what we can all do. We can pray for one another. We're going to do communion in that process. In fact, I'm going to ask the gentleman to go ahead and begin to pass out the, uh, the communion elements. When you get them, just hold on to them for a minute. We're going to do communion. Well, communion is that understanding that Christ is our head that he's the one that we live for, that he died for us. When we have communion together, we recognize that we're part of the body of Christ. We're doing it all together. And so we're going to have communion, and we're going to spend time praying for one another. We're going to spend time praying for people in Texas. Also, I want to encourage us, again, we'll have some links, um, some more links on all of our pages, Facebook and website, of places to give. Don't give to any willy-nilly 
uh, operation organization for this flood. There's a lot of organizations that are, that are fly by night and they're not going to do well. Also, there's uh, places that don't, don't do real well with the money. And so find one that's really good. I, w I did some of the research that you look for some organizations that have really good histories of supporting Samaritan's Purse is a great way to support. It's one of the really good ones. American Red Cross is usually really good. I don't believe anything's changed there. And Salvation Army are, would be my top three choices to give in to help this community. And go, you guys can go ahead and begin to pass out the elements. When you get the bread and the, and the juice, just go and hang on to it. So we're going to be able to activate it into giving. We're going to give you an opportunity. If you want to do it through our website, give and put Harvey, you know, hur the hurricane. And we'll make sure that we get that. We'll probably be using Samaritan's Purse. We use them for our Christmas child. We're connected with that ministry. We love it. So we're going to be, we're going to start serving. Maybe you should be praying, God, do you want me to go to Texas to serve? I, ha I was going to show a video, but I knew we wouldn't have time. Samaritan's Purse is looking for a thousand volunteers a day. That's one organization looking for a thousand organizations, a thousand people a day to come and help in the aftermath. And if anyone has been to Katrina at any time, you'd realize the aftermath is going to last more than a week, more than two weeks. When we're all back to normal, they'll still be homeless and dealing with this. Maybe, maybe somebody in this, in this room would say, I want to I uh, either go with a trip or even form a trip to go and do some construction in that area and bring ministry. Because we're all called to do something and to serve. And so... We're going to end this last 10 to 15 minutes, and I'll lead us into communion in just a minute. Um, but as a body, not individuals, not individuals. I want us to connect with the people next to you. Um, even, the, you know, even just thinking, looking around right now, you had people in the body of Christ to your left and to your right and front and behind you. We're part of something much bigger than us, and we need to be involved. D.L. Moody wrote in his Bible next to Isaiah 6, 8, I am only one, but I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. What I can do, I ought to do. And what I ought to do, by the grace of God, I will do. Here's what I'm going to... We're, we're going to just, just break all the rules. Find some people around you can be in your row. You can move your chairs around and face, face each other if you want to face people behind you, if you want to jump up and sit next to somebody. I'm gonna, we understand, most of us in here are believers. We understand what this is. The bread that we're going to eat is representative of the body of Christ that was broken for all of us. And the, and the juice that we use, the grape juice, represents his blood that was shed for us. And we have fellowship with him because of that, and we have fellowship with one another because of that. You don't need a pastor to lead you in communion. So what I'm going to go do it myself. I'm going to find sit, sit with a group. We're going to spend as long as you want talking and not chit-chat. I mean, praying for one another. Pray for the people in, in, in Texas, in Louisiana. Pray that God would reach them, that they would comfort them. Um, just pray with one another until you're done. When your group is done talking and praying, thank God for the unity that we have right now and take the communion together. You can just say, hey, let's, let's go ahead and just take, one of you just say, let's take the 
community together, just, just your little group. When you're all done, we'll just sneak out quietly. Which, it'll be fun to see which group wants to do that first. <laughs> yes? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I, I, I bet you all of us know somebody or we'll, within a week or two will know somebody part of a group. There's going to be thousands upon thousands of people descending upon, and, and we want to pray for each and every one for safety, that, that God's love would be shown through them, that resources would be there. And in the same time praying, God, how might I be part of that too? What do you want from me? What can I give to the king this morning in regards to that? So find a group, spend some time in prayer. You know, it's 10.53. We're not going anywhere. But, you know, if, if you're done in five minutes, then go. That's fine. There's, therefore, there is now no condemnation at Big Bear Christian Center for those who leave early. <laughs> none. No, really. I mean, you know me. I'm just, I'm just I'm a joker. There is none. None. And, and I'm, I'm saying that to the people who... Don't look at someone and say, they left really fast. We're not going to do that, right? Amen? Find your group. Let's spend some time. Be in your life groups this week. Continue the fellowship. And like I said, when we're done, we're done. We're dismissed. Praise God. Pray. Andale. They're going to do that in the group. You're going to do this in the group after prayer. I'll come back here and we'll, maybe the four of us will join. Or those four. How you doing, Mike? Devin's school was safely evacuated from Victoria, Texas to Waco, Texas. Did you say something about Brian and Karen? Yes. Oh, you weren't praying or something? Oh, yes. Oh, also, my wife reminded me, I mentioned it, but I didn't make it real specific. Be praying for Karen and Brian and Heather as they go on to their missions and their stuff. So don't forget to pray for, for, for Brian and Karen in your groups.